And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. Matt, we were away last week. I was in London, but I'm finally back now. I, I, I hated missing an episode, but I'm finally here again. And I think we're going to have a really good show. I think we are. I think we've got quite a bit to talk about. Mm-hmm. If you couldn't tell by the thumbnail for this episode, one thing Matt and I have been doing a lot of is playing Red <laughs> Dead Redemption 2. And I imagine many people out there in our audience have been doing the same. I imagine a lot of people have, seeing as that in its first three days of sale, it made some, like, $800 million or something. Some ridiculous sum of money, which, again, the fact that, you know, games are so much more expensive now doesn't surprise me. This is, like, something where it's like, hey, you want the big fancy collector's edition with all the shit? Yeah, it's gonna be, like, 200 bucks Canadian. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I ended up getting the ultimate edition for it, and, yeah, it cost me about $150. I need, I need that grizzled outlaw outfit, and I need the volcanic <laughs> pistol and the pump-action shotgun to be available right away. <laughs> and it was. And it was good. Yes, it was. What's What's the craziest thing that you've realized in Red Dead Redemption? Because for me, it's just like, you, you keep getting surprised by these moments of detail where it's like, wow, they actually, someone actually programmed that into a game. Yeah. <sighs> There's, there's, there's so many of them to choose from. I, The coolest one is probably, or the one that I really liked because it was just so creepy, is probably the feral man who's like, you can see in like the woods who is kind of like a wolf man. And uh, I, 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 I like shot him. I probably shouldn't have. But like, if you follow him back to his like Larry. den, you can like read his journal and like his story and everything, which is pretty cool. There's a lot of stuff like that. I'm even talking just like even smaller things like, OK, I want to shoot my gun now. Oh, I have to aim it. And then he has to cock it because they're all yeah. timey guns. And he does that every time. Or like the Nathan Drake thing of like, ooh, I'm walking through the swamp. Oh, only half my clothes are wet. Yeah, yeah, all those little... De- yeah, they wet and they stay wet for a while until you go to a drier place. What blew me away, because obviously, well, I want the ammo bandolier around my guy. Oh, bullets appear and disappear as I use and pick up ammo? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, that's so cool. That's so cool. That's amazing. I feel bad for the developer. Well, that was his job for five years straight. Make sure this ammo <laughs> belt thing works. <laughs> or the fact that your hat gets knocked off in fights and you can go back for your hat the hat gets knocked off and the bullet holes stay in it yep that's that's pure insanity i cannot believe that that is actually a thing you can you can uh you have way more customization options on arthur than you ever did john you can shave you can cut his hair and in fact because of november i actually uh took a page out of arthur morgan's book and i shaved <laughs> see i i didn't i made my character grow the beard all the way to the length to the i think it was like level 10 or something it's huge but then but then i cut it off oh wait no no i didn't cut it off i did a mission and it was on like a steamboat and you needed to dress fancy and ah. one and, and one of the parts was having to shave so i was like god damn it <laughs> the, the game does a lot of that actually the one thing that i will admit because i think everyone's sharing it with praise and it is great and it is deserved I hate that it keeps changing my loadout. That's a little annoying. I'll pick yeah. my loadout on my horse. I'll get somewhere. Then they're like, no, nah, we don't want you to have those weapons. We want you to have these weapons. I, I I think they did that just for, like, mass appeal. So, like, so like the average gamer isn't, like, saying, like, oh, why didn't it give me these weapons? I want to be handheld or something, you know? 
Wait, but yeah, you can always tell when there's going to be a big shit fight happening because, like, oh, he's he's got the Kakado rifle and he's back. <laughs> to where I'm like, hey man, I spent two hundred dollars of in-game money to <laughs> silver plate my double-barreled shotgun and put a picture of a grizzly bear on it. I want to carry this pimp gun into battle with me. Stop, stop making me take the much more useful pump-action shotgun. <laughs> I want to go into battle with my greatly, uh, my greatly weak but super awesome looking weapons. That's <laughs> what I have. Oh god, the hunting system in the game to get the perfect It's so weapon. cool. They put a full hunting game inside this game. Yeah, not just like hunting those type like like game and everything, but also like fish, like the fishing in the game is really good. Several times the game made me go on fishing missions with guys from the camp, and I'm like, this is bullshit, I don't want to fish. And then I'm like, oh, but I can get another one though, oh, I can get... It's, it's that thing of it's easy to learn, but difficult to master. Yeah, yeah. They nail that on everything. Ooh, this is maybe the first Rockstar game ever in their big open-world shoot-em-up games where I think they've actually developed a worthwhile combat system to put in there, like a, like a melee punchy system. It's it's really it's much better than it was in GTA Five. Like GTA Five yeah. felt like it was just like a tack on and never felt because it always was like real. But yeah, this one you're, you're constantly getting into like punch-ups and streets and everything, and it's really great. It is. And the, the best thing as well, I noticed it because, like, when you're in those fights, you can pull your gun on them and the yes. guys will actually go for your gun and grab it and try and, like, get it out of your hand, There's which a, I think is really cool. That is really, really cool. I'm like, man, you, you actually built a really interesting, like, rock, paper, scissors combat system here where you can duck and weave and grapple and do everything else. And I'm like, man... I can see why you're proud of this, because sometimes they'll be like, hey, this is a fight section of it now. You can't reach your guns. You gotta, gotta punch them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so well detailed, it was definitely worth the wait of, what, five years? Something like that. Yeah. And hey, if you really like the story and the characters, this one tells a really interesting tale. Especially if you really, really liked John Marston. I think this one has some interesting little twists and turns in the narrative because Arthur Morgan, as you join the game, doesn't like John Marston very much. No, and for good reasons as well. We find out a little bit more about that as we go on. But yeah, I, I finished the story, and um, i got to say it, it, it's probably the best Rockstar story since probably the first Red Dead. I'm, I'm feeling that too, and what's really interesting about this one, it's, it's surprisingly, because like even like all their games have kind of been like broad satires. Even Red Dead 1 was kind of like a broad satire of the Western genre. Mm -hmm. This one is very... Uh, what's the opposite of cynical? This one is very... Uh, I, it's... I work online. I don't want to say... Just say like, like realistic. Like it's, it's not... Yeah. Earnest. yeah. It's probably the most earnest story the Housers have ever written. They actually believed in this enough to drop the veneer of cynicism and satire and there's actual emotions like like real emotions of people feeling things yeah not to say the other games didn't have those they did but here they come more faster and more furious yeah yeah i, I was actually thinking about that when i was playing i was like, like this game isn't really like 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 with gta and everything you've got like that satire of like certain stereotypes of yes. like like in gta 5 they have the hollywood stereotypes and all yeah. that sort of stuff but this doesn't particularly have that no, and I, I i enjoyed it because it wasn't that it wasn't the exact same because yeah. i thought going in i'm like oh it's going to be kind of like the other rockstar games they 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 really it's it's nice to say 
that as writers, the Housers and their team have actually only gotten better as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that yep. they've learned from all their other stories. But hey, you know, we, we are a comic book podcast. We just wanted to gush a little bit about Red <laughs> Dead because that's it, it, usually Matt and I say, hey, what have you been doing with your week? And this time it's what have you been doing with your been playing Red Dead? <laughs> yeah, nonstop. And I'm sure we're going to talk about it even more in, in the future because um, online comes out very soon. That's right. That, that I like, too. It's like, look, we have this great, uh, what is it, single-player mode we want you to enjoy. We'll release the online stuff later. That's a good idea. It's a good idea. It really, it really, really is. But, uh, yes, we actually do have a fairly decent offering of news, everyone. I think you'll enjoy it. So let's get to it, shall we? Let's get to it. So some rather depressing news to start here. Uh, Insider reports claim that Daredevil's viewership in Season 3 dropped a staggering 57% between the second and third seasons. I wonder, oh, and I'm wondering if that has something to do with like the the shows in between them, that, like Defenders, Iron Fist, all that sort of stuff. I mean, that certainly helps my theory, and it's something we even talked about last time a couple weeks ago. And that is, boy, Netflix, you kind of kind of did a bad thing announcing the cancellation of Iron Fist and Luke Cage like the day of daredevil season three did, did you maybe scare your regular people into thinking like oh well, i'm not gonna get invested in this now because it looks like they're just canceling all of them well not only that i don't think they really advertised daredevil season three very not well as hard. not as hard as no. season one season one they were right into it yeah same with season two but like <laughs> season three they like like what, what like two months ago we found out when it was coming out that's not like a long time no and and in the in the the months between finding out when it was coming out and its release, we didn't really get anything. Yeah, we really didn't. Heck, I think they promoted Adam Sandler's like comeback stand-up special harder on Netflix. Like I saw more ads for that than I saw for Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, is a shame because season three was great. It was maybe one of the <laughs> best ones they've done. And if you want to hear our thoughts on that, if you're caught up on it, although maybe 50% of you aren't caught up on it, <laughs> but you want to hear anyway, be sure to stay tuned to the end of the podcast because that's going to be taken up by Matt and I talking about it. Yeah. But yeah, this this does not bode well. And you know, I think we could do like a whole discussion series just talking about why that is. Maybe... The only thing that I could come to on such short notice is, you know, the Marvel movies, people are able to keep up with them really easily because I think everyone has like an hour and a half, two hours to spend on a weekend to go see a movie. And, you know, you can remember the big important things from the one movie to another. But mm-hmm. with TV, it's much harder. That's a lot more stuff to remember and a much bigger time investment. Lord knows it's difficult for, you know, me, and it's my job to finish these shows, because they're, like, they're upwards of 13 hours, a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure some people feel defeated, where they're like, well, I can't start Daredevil Season 3, I still haven't finished The Punisher, I still haven't finished Luke Cage Season 2, or Iron Fist Season 2, I guess I'll finish them when I'm done. Oh, look, something else has come on, eh, I guess I'll just never finish them. Yeah, yeah, I think that... Yeah, the the accessibility to them is isn't really there and everything. And I think also like another thing that's kind of like like hampered these shows is while they are connected to the MCU 
they're not connected to the MCU. They didn't. We, they had so many chances where we wanted the okay, but then Coulson shows up, right? Or okay, but then Captain America shows up, right? And it never yeah. happened. Well, not only, not not just that, but like like their world doesn't feel the same. No. Like it is the same world, but like the, there isn't like like we should be seeing like papers and stuff talking about you know Tony Stark's new building or selling Stark Tower or the Spider Man of Queens or something you know all that sort of stuff. But we kept just getting that one newspaper of the Battle of New York yeah. that, with the Hulk and Abomination, and that's about it. Or the, the incident they don't even say yeah they don't even yeah they don't even call it the right name or anything. No, they just call it the incident. Heck, uh, there's the Hulk problem, which my other co-host Sal brings up all the time, where it's like, hey, Hulk broke Harlem. Why don't the people of Harlem and Luke Cage mention that more? Shouldn't that be like yeah. a major driving force in that show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you think they would mention it, but like it's like stuff like that that doesn't mention it. Like while the shows are in continuity with these films, they're not. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really weird, and you know, I mean, maybe maybe this is a testing ground. Maybe they had to learn some stuff, and I mean, I guess this dovetails quite nicely into our next story, and that is uh, obviously we reported a while back that Disney, on their new app, they're going to be making a series of brand new shows with actors from the MCU movies, and apparently one of those projects they're batting around now. They talked about Loki, they talked about Scarlet Witch. Well, now they're talking about a limited, maybe like five episode series of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Hell yeah, I'd be up for that. That sounds dope as fuck. In fact, you know, I th- I thought both of those dudes could easily have held a film franchise on their own, but you know what? That's fine. A buddy uh, buddy team up thing on TV with Disney money behind it. All right. Well, that's the thing. I could see this these shows on the streaming app be sort of uh, like jumping off points for movies, like like kind of just fully testing the grounds to see if they they can hold a movie like, oh, we'll do five shows, and if it's really popular, we'll continue their story in a movie. It's like, will you will you show up and buy tickets to this Joe and Jane popcorn? Yeah. yeah. In fact, heck, I know we batted around this idea, too, where it's like, heck, I could see a situation where if these are really popular, Disney and Marvel are like, okay, anything that doesn't make Black Panther or Infinity War money, you go to the app. Yeah, I could see that. Which, again, means you could see, like, a lot of really different projects where it's like, okay, you know, we didn't quite believe in this for a movie, but we think this would make a really good limited thing on the app. Yeah, well, not only that, they could do, like, like the, the um, Netflix originals where, like, like they could do a movie, but it would be for the app. Yeah. Which, again, too, I, I don't know where the contracts on everything lie. I know a lot of people were hoping, and I thought a lot of it was wishful thinking, and that is, hey... If we do end up losing Daredevil the same way we lost Iron Fist and uh, Luke Cage, could Charlie Cox show up on there? Maybe do we? Will this finally put an end to the whole scheduling uh, thing of like, oh, they can't work together because schedules? Where it's like, is that really why? Well, it looks like their schedules just got wide open. So yeah, it would be interesting to see what see what happens, especially with like Iron Fist and Luke Cage. Like, could they show up now that their shows have been canceled? They can move on to another show over on this network because i mean don't know because it's like you've established yes luke cage exists yes iron fist exists in this universe and it's these actors so if you want to use them you should really get them in yeah yeah but i mean by that same pension you've uh, established that the inhumans exist in this universe and there's <laughs> there you can recast the inhumans I, I wouldn't even say recast but like redo yeah. their or their like story 
do a different story. Inhumans take two. Inhumans, but for real this time. <laughs> Inhumans, we're sorry for the other Inhumans. <laughs> no, you know what you do? You literally, you call it New Humans, and you make it about all of Charles Soule's new Inhumans characters who are just the uncanny, out. The uncanny Inhumans, the uncanny yeah. Inhumans who are just figuring out their powers for the first time on Earth, and you see the royal family working from the shadows up on the moon, and you see them in silhouette and everything, and then maybe, <laughs> maybe you bring back the actors at some point. Yeah, yeah. Miss Marvel would actually be really good on the app, I think, the new Kamala Khan, because you could have it be where it's like, you know, it's it's not going to be Titanic world-saving stuff. It's going to be smaller street-level stuff with a cool superpower bent to it. I think that would work really well. Wasn't there, like, rumors of a, a Miss Marvel movie or something? Or or was that going to go to the app, maybe? Uh, well, th there was rumors, again, there was supposed to be, like, a show they were working on that she might have been yeah. in it but again this was around the time of like damage patrol and a bunch of uh or damage control and a bunch of other projects that ended up not getting off the ground so who even knows at this point yeah yeah sorry if i keep wiping my nose everyone i'm 90 percent sure i have a sinus infection after coming back from con <laughs> i am i am powering through this on sheer stage health and adrenaline now, you know what it is? I lost the beard, which means I didn't have the protection from the germs, the hair follicles <laughs> yeah, and stuff. Yeah, the, 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 the sieve, you know, where the, 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 like, natural gas mask. Exactly. You see, <laughs> yeah. that's the, I, I'm like, Samson, you cut my facial hair and I lose my powers. <laughs> I lose my comic book guy powers and it sucks. Uh, yeah, moving on from there to another interesting piece of news there. Uh, hey, Matt, you like that Ewan McGregor guy? Yeah, he's okay. He's all right. I enjoy him in things. A lot of people know him from Star Wars, but he's done other stuff. He was really good in I Love You, Philip Morris. I think that's a really uh, underrated movie and a really underrated performance <laughs> from him. Yeah, he was good in Train Spotting. <clears throat> oh yeah, Train Spotting, of course. Yeah, can't can't forget that one. And, and the sequel. People forget that they did a sequel to Train Spotting, and it was, was good. It was also really good and solid. And that like never happens that you wait all these years for a sequel and it's actually worth it yeah and it's actually about stuff but again getting off track here uh Ewan mcgregor has been cast to play black mask in the birds of prey movie he's going to be the main villain by the sounds of it cool i mean you could have cast anyone because they're going to put a helmet on the problem with casting Literally. a more popular actor is they're going to have the helmet come off <laughs> exactly a lot is the thing he's going to be sitting yeah. there talking to it he's going to find every excuse to take it off because i'm in the movie i gotta show my face yeah Again, it's like in situations like this, it's like, no, this is why you get a Jackie Earl Haley or you get like a really serious method character actor who'll be like, no, I've become the mask. I need to have the mask on at all times. <laughs> but that's fine. He's a good actor. This Birds of Prey thing is getting more interesting the more I hear about it. Like Rosie Perez is going to be in it. Yeah, and the, they said it was going to be an R rating, but I don't believe that, mainly because they said Suicide Squad and Venom and all that would get R ratings, but they're not going to do that. I don't believe any comic book movie maker when they say it's going to be R rated anymore. No, no. <laughs> you lie. Why you got to yeah. lie? <laughs> Again, I, I don't know what you're going to do with Black Mask as a character. Again, people people love Black Mask because he's a really cool, striking drawing yeah I, he's he's basically just a mob boss yeah he's a mob boss with a better set of style 
there is nothing interesting about Roman Sionis. Again, I bet 90% of non-comic readers couldn't even tell me that that's his real name. Yeah, yeah, and I, I imagine, yeah, that he's just going to be, you know, nondescript businessman who's who runs a crime empire. His, his origin is also kind of silly, too. Oh, my parents owned a pharmaceutical company, and it burned people and masks and everything. <laughs> I, I'm actually more of a fan of the second black mask, who was, uh, what is it, uh, one of the Arkham kids who uh, took up the mask and said, hey, I can do this, and he wore, like, an opera cape and everything with the black mask. See, that sounds interesting. That was actually pretty cool, but again... That was, like, right at the tail end of DC Comics before they moved into New 52. And they could never they could never agree if the Arkham Kid was still Black Mask or not. <laughs> it kept going back and forth between several writers of uh, if he was good or evil or not. In fact, back when we worked at Name Redacted, that was one of my favorite ongoing bits where it's like, hey, is Arkham Kid good or evil this time? <laughs> yeah, what is he this week? Let's spin the wheel. Spin the wheel, and then people forgot. In fact, I don't even think we've seen that character in a very long time. No. I. When was the last time we actually saw Black Mask? It's been very long. Uh, friggin' beginning of Titans, I think, when Robin shot him in the head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But he didn't die, though. Oh, it's, yeah. It's fine. I remember that. He didn't yeah, he's, in, he's, in, he's in Kid Guantanamo or yeah. something. Oh, I like that. Kid Tanamo. Yeah, he's just hanging out in superhero Guantanamo without a trial. You know. Yeah. Because yeah. heroes. Because <laughs> attempted murder and imprisonment without trial is A-OK. <laughs> Fucking Damien. I, I, oh, I, I, I loved the Titans book when Percy was writing it. I'm so pissed that that happened. <laughs> you know what's another thing someone brought up uh drowned earth came out this week right yeah and they made a big point of like oh we're getting all the atlantean characters involved you know you got aqualad on the titans and you got ocean master and mira and everyone else is involved in it someone brought up in my comment section hey where's calderon and i'm like yeah where is calderon that's a damn good question we see he he did something wrong wrong to damien and now he's also locked in in the in gitmo <laughs> he, he ate his sandwich from the titan's fridge and damien's like mm -mm. he's got the cell next to black mask <laughs> get my cell because, again, that was something great Percy was trying to do. He was trying to split the difference between the Young Justice version and the Jackson Hyde that already existed in DC Comics, which confuses the fuck out of people. Mm -hmm. and, 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 I, and, like, when people talk about uh, Calderon in the comics, there's always just a little, just a little smack, little undercurrent of homophobia, because they're like, why is, why is he gay in the comics? Because Jackson Hyde was always gay, but he wasn't in the Young Justice show. Yeah, because they were adapting from that, but then the universe went away, but then he got really popular, but then the universe came back, and they had to fuse them together. It's a whole thing. <laughs> <coughs> Fact is, Young Justice TV version isn't really the one in the comics, but they tried to make him that it's a whole thing yeah yeah but yeah so that's ewan mcgregor as black mask cool i guess yeah it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him but i don't see how they could make him very interesting it doesn't seem like a meaty role but then again it's not like dc comics doesn't totally just rewrite everything on the spot mm. just because i hope the mask looks cool though because i've seen a lot of really good yeah. cosplayers with really good masks well, it's very simple. They, they'd have to try to fuck that up. Ooh, speaking to cosplayers and trying to fuck it up, uh, what did you think of Henry Cavill as the Witcher? 
I liked it. I thought it was really good. I didn't hate it. Again, as people were... Qu- it looks exactly like the first game, which it should look like. As people who, we'll like you, Matt, who are much more knowledgeable on the subject uh, than me, said, look, it is, it's early on in his career. He gets the scars. He gets the other stuff later. Well, see, that's the thing that people didn't seem to really notice. It's a camera test, which means it's testing the look of it. It's not the final look of the character. Okay, see, that's good. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, so it's it's not going to look exactly like that. It's going to have like with the cat eyes and probably the scars as well. But yeah, I, I like the people like who have only obviously just played the third game or the like two and three, and they're like, "Where's his beard? Why doesn't he wear this? Why does he wear that?" It's like this because this is nothing to do with those games. This isn't this isn't the Witcher adapted from the games. This is the Witcher adapted from the books. And the books are very different to the point where the book guy wanted to sue the game guys because the game guys were making more money. Yeah. (laughs) The the book guy, the writer of the Witcher books, never thought it would be as huge as any of this. Yeah, so he took a lump sum when the first game came out and then they went on to make like billions of dollars. (laughs) So he's getting getting upset. (laughs) That poor Swedish Icelandic bastard never take a lump sum. (laughs) <laughs> ah, no one will ever appreciate my work. Nah, just give me the lump sum now. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, l- l- let that be a lesson to you and me, Matt, when a high-powered Hollywood producer inevitably wants to come and make the comic multiverse movie. We will not take a lump sum. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a cut of the profits. There you go. Merchandising. Uh, merchandising. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who who would play us in a movie, Matt? I don't know. Jai- I'm sure we had this conversation, but yeah, Jai Courtney. <laughs> Jai Courtney and Joel Edgerton are Joel no, You could have that, that guy. That, Joel Edgerton is a, a good actor and director. Well, he's that guy that was in, in Suicide Squad, that, that oh. the Rick Flagg guy. Oh, yeah. Why can't I remember his name now? <laughs> That's how forgettable he is. I'm sorry. The guy who Tom Hardy was supposed to play but didn't get a chance to. Yeah. <laughs> And again, so they just cast him. <laughs> who was the guy in a Balls of Fury and other stuff? I have no idea. Again, it's like there was a moment there they were trying to push him as the new Jack Black. He never quite got to that. Black. Oh, is he? Is is he in um the Fantastic Beasts? Yes, that guy. That guy. I I can't remember his name, but I know the one you're talking about. That guy. He, can he was in. Him. He was in Walking Dead this week, I think, as was well. He, was he seriously? Yeah. Holy crap, he, maybe he's also too good for us now. He actually seems to be turning into a pretty solid character actor. Shit. I mean, Jack Black might be too old, but at least, you know, he's good enough for Goosebumps movies. Dan Fogler is his name. That's his name, yeah. Dan Fogler, he can play both of us. He can jump back and forth because he's a great performer. It'll take CGI. We'll have to CGI. You'll have to CGI a beard onto him when it's me, and we'll get the people who did Justice League. It's flawless. Exactly. No, you know what you gotta do? You gotta get the people who uh, did that Tom Hardy movie where he played the Cray twins. We gotta get that technology. <laughs> that was good. You almost wouldn't believe that Tom Hardy was one person. <laughs> that was That was an underrated movie from that year. I like that the movie's advertising used like a two-star rating from The Guardian in their poster, yeah. but they hid it behind the two people, so it made it look like a five-star rating. <laughs> like, again, it's not a great gangster movie, but it is an interesting one from like a performance standpoint of like, oh, wow, you know, Hardy really goes for it here. He is a good actor. Yeah. 
Alright, so what else do we got going on here? Uh, ooh, hey Matt, do you like that Wolverine? Yeah, he's pretty cool. We've been getting a lot of it, haven't we? We only just got issue two of Return of Wolverine. Yeah, which was pretty crappy. Pardon? Oh, you didn't like the second issue? No, it, 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 I compared it to a loading screen on a video game or like a, a fast travel animation. Nothing fucking happened. No, nothing really did. He used the hot claws and he was like, oh shit, that's something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we didn't really even get an explanation for them either. No, no, they're still working up that. I also like that Jean Grey did in like one page what it took four miniseries to not do and that is to find Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, he just turns up. Yeah. It's like, oh, there he is. Oh, I found him. He was there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah hey so apparently this this wolverine train ain't slowing down anytime soon we got the x-men movie rights back we're bringing back x-men in a big way as soon as this return of wolverine is done get ready for a new 12 issue wolverine miniseries <laughs> this one is called wolverine the vigil it's going to be a decade spanning series where every issue is basically wolverine in a different time period from like World War Two to Victorian England, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and yeah, cool. Yeah. Sounds pretty cool. Sounds interesting. Again, it's funny that they're announcing these, but they're not announcing a Wolverine ongoing. Yeah, it, it, it's very. I wonder if like maybe they're like, okay, we want an ongoing, but we can't can't lock down like a writer. Like they probably couldn't lock down Charles Soul or something because he's, he's busy with Daredevil and all this other stuff. Or whatever Daredevil. Well, he's going to be done with Daredevil at the end of this death of Daredevil. Apparently, that's it for him. He's done with it. Well, maybe he has something else, or maybe he doesn't want to do any more Marvel stuff. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he doesn't want to do any more Wolverine. He's like, guys, I killed him. I brought him back to life. What more do you want from me? <laughs> Although, I think he's writing this. I think he's writing The Vigil, actually. Yeah, well, maybe this might be his last season. It could be, or maybe this will spin into a new ongoing. It just feels very unmarvel, where it's like, hey, we got our big daddy cash cow back, but we're not going to announce a new series yet. Yeah. Maybe maybe they want to wait till they, like, cast a Wolverine in the movie to have, like, a new Wolverine number one. Like, they're sitting <laughs> on that new Wolverine number one. <laughs> the scripts are building up. <laughs> Possibly. I mean, who, who friggin' knows? But, yeah. Vigil sounds interesting. I'll check it out. It honestly feels like Wolverine has been coming back to life now for as long as he's been dead. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Since his death, we've gotten probably more Wolverine than we ever have because yeah. of like, all, like Old Man Logan, yeah. all new Wolverine, all these different series of revolving around him. Oh, you know, maybe they're waiting for that too because Wolverine needs, or Old Man Logan needs to come to an end too. They need Dead Man Logan to finish it off. It's finished, isn't it? Old Man Logan? Old Man Logan is finished, but we're getting a brand new miniseries oh, called God. Dead Man Logan, which will assumedly kill him off or return him to his time period. I think he might even still be in his time period now. Bresson is writing that, too, because Ed Bresson was also writing Old Man Logan. He, he, he has to return to his to his timeline because of like extermination and everything because then otherwise young cable's not doing his job very well so but but, but was he part of that deal because young cable bitches out x-force being like oh my older self but, totally well that's the thing like he should be he should be part of it but he was never mentioned in the most recent issue and he's bit and old man logan's off as a hound killing people so well here's the thing i hope bresson answers this because he's writing both books because if you'll recall the young X-Men were brought to the present via time travel, so there was clear and obvious manipulation going on there. Old mm -hmm. Man Logan, if you'll remember, 
literally just wandered in from Secret Wars. He was having his storyline, Bendis was writing, and then he just wandered in and he was in modern day when the planets got put back together. Yeah, so they're going to be like, okay, well, you can t- travel to the future and just live out there or they'll have to kill him off or something. They'll send him off to the old mutant's home. They'll send him to a farm <laughs> upstate where he can play with other wolverines. <laughs> You'll recall, too, they also they were very wishy-washy about this, or at least Bendis was wishy-washy about it, and no one ever bothered to correct it. This idea of, is Old Man Logan from the true, proper future that will happen, or is he only from a possible future? Yeah, I, don't, I, I think they might touch on that, mainly because the, the most recent issue of, of Extermination touched on that, like... But only like for the changing the futures and stuff. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I think they probably will touch on it because they might have. They have to bring that up anyway because he's he's a time displaced mutant. Yeah, <laughs> and, the, and the story is about killing time displaced mutants. And Bresson writes both books, so he would really be yeah. dropping the ball if he didn't mention it at some point. Yeah. And hey, ooh, ooh, speaking of 90s extremeness and ball dropping, Matt, this is a beautiful segue into one of these. We, we haven't gotten a story like this in a while, just the mm, sh- pure schadenfreude. <laughs> uh, hey, you know Rob Liefeld uh, couldn't draw feet, uh, create, co-creator of Deadpool and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, kind of a punchline, but apparently a really nice guy, though, so he keeps getting work even as early as like the new 52. He got work writing and drawing. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, he launched a Kickstarter way back when uh, for a new series called Brigade, which looks like fucking everything he's ever done. There's a guy with big guns and a bunch of pouches and a Wolverine-looking dude. Mm-hmm. It, it is what it always is. In fact, again, I'm pretty sure we talked about this before, actually. I think we probably have. <laughs> but yeah, he launched a Kickstarter for it. Uh, what is it? it? It reached a certain number of like uh, stretch goals. But don't think I ever got ever got fully funded. Well, he's launching a brand new Indiegogo campaign for it now, despite never actually fulfilling anything put before by the previous Kickstarter. Yep, so he's just running with the money, I guess. Whoa, take the money and run. Whoa, take the money and run, which is difficult when you don't have feet because you don't draw feet. <laughs> what do you think all the pouches are for? It's for my Indiegogo money to put it in. <laughs> gonna need more in a minute but oh that's that's not good rob liefeld we've always made fun of you as an artist kind of being a crappy businessman but don't be a crappy human being no that that, that's that's awful why why do lots of people do this sort of thing i don't understand why though yeah what what do you hope to gain except for totally you know assassinating your credibility in the future yeah and also, too, it's like, they these people, they have your name. They they know who you are when you don't honor this shit. Yeah. Like, you could probably go yell at Rob Liefeld right now. Yeah. I'm not saying you should. I don't want to be, uh, what is it, promoting that kind of thing. But seriously, I'm sure if he ever went to another convention, people would be yelling at him about it. <laughs> but yeah, hey, Rob Liefeld, fix your shit. And hey, if you actually gave money... To this Kickstarter, I doubt anyone in our fan base did. But if you did, I feel sorry for you. I hope you get reimbursed for this. Yeah, it, it's it's a shame. I wonder if he said anything like 
like address this on like I know Facebook or Twitter or anything. I don't think he has because I would. I think we would have heard something. But you, yeah, you would think because raking him across the coals was very loud and very vocal this week, which is why it made the show at all. Normally, I wouldn't even write about something like this, but the fact that so many people I knew were. Uh, uh, pitching a fit about it made me think like, ooh, this actually feels like something I should talk about. Okay, here we go. Let's let's, yeah. let's go to old Rob Liefeld's uh, Twitter page. Assuming this is the oh. real one. Oh, this is not the real one. <laughs> you found the one that's all in caps. Yes, this is the parody. <laughs> it screams evil. Yeah, follow me, Cave and Shatterstar creator, for Kickstarter advice. <laughs> oh, you're funny, and his uh. and his header is all Doritos. <laughs> I don't, I don't think he said actually anything. I think he's still, like, keeping quiet about it. I was going to say, like, he used to be on Twitter, Rob Liefeld. Is he not on Twitter anymore? I know Creative. Oh, yeah, he is. I'm, I'm on his page right now. Oh, yeah, he hasn't said nothing? No, I'm not seeing anything. Well, he should address that at some point, I think. He's just, just talking about sports. That's it. <laughs> get the sports, kid. Get them fucking sports, boy. <laughs> That's a reference to our Batman v Superman commentary. Go check that out. You might enjoy it. <laughs> Get them fucking sports. But, uh, yeah. I guess moving on from there, uh, from, you know, one story about money to another story about money. Uh, hey, Matt, can I borrow 8000 bucks? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. You see, I really <laughs> need it because Dean Cain, who is apparently alive and not dead, as I have maintained for many years now... <laughs> His suit is going up for sale, his Superman suit, at auction next month, and it's expected to uh, rain in anywhere from 8000 to 10000 Why would I lend you money to buy that when I could buy that myself? I was going to give it as a gift to you, Matt. That would be my thing. It's like, it's like that old Christmas story of like, oh, I sold my hair to give you clippers or some shit. And be like, oh, well, I sold my clippers to give you whatever. But oh, I, bor I borrowed your money to buy this to give it back to you. To give it back to you. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. But yeah, hey, if you, if you know the auction world and if you have a lot of money to spend and if you are a rich nerd, you can own Dean Cain's Superman costume, which is a pretty decent costume. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Which one is it? Because they used like twenty in that show. Is it is it one that has the cape tucked in? Is it one with like the big puffy cape? Is it one with a weird shield? Uh, I think this is the long with the weird shield one. Oh, okay. I, I don't I don't like that one. The the shield on it's really weird. It's big and kind of weird looking kind of misshapen yeah when i looked at this i'm like which one was this because there's the one everyone remembers from very early on that's in all the pictures and then yeah this was one of the ones from later yeah it'd be funny if it was like the one he used in like the season finale which was like a black and blue one <laughs> uh, no it's definitely not that one <laughs> the black leotard one <laughs> which very much makes me wonder well where did all those other costumes go yeah, uh, disappeared somewhere. Also, is who, who is this money going to? Is this one going directly to Dean Kane? Is he selling this directly from his collection, or is this the studio selling this? That'd be very interesting to find out. I think it's the studio selling it because honestly, yeah. I I don't know if I want to give Dean Kane that kind of money. <laughs> I don't. Trust Not really. <laughs> I don't trust him with it. But then again, it's like, hey, do you trust the studio with that money even more? <laughs> 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 don't don't make me think about these things <clears throat> but uh yeah now uh, again we mentioned wolverine before 
And uh, we mentioned Old Man Logan before, so this next story is very perfect to close us out here. Uh, Old Man Quill, yes, that's right, Star-Lord is getting his own Old Man series coming soon, written by Ethan Sachs with art by Robert Gill. Okay, uh, are we just going to have... <laughs> Can we have, like, an Old Man universe? <laughs> oh, oh the... Matt... It's just like all the senior citizen heroes. Matt, again, you are an idea machine, sir. <laughs> we need the retirement home universe where, yes, it's just made up of old man characters and old women, too. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, it's like old man Quill, old man Logan, old man Hawkeye. Uh, who old else? Old Lady got? Harley over at DC, they did that yeah. one. Yeah, they did that one. You get like, like a, the Maestro Hulk. Old Man Thor or King Thor of the future, whatever you want to call him. Yep. He's old. There's so many yep. old characters recently. Yeah, yeah, there have been, isn't there? Old Man Deadpool from 2099. He was a thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, what is the maestro if not Old Man Hulk? Yeah, yeah. Throw him in there. He's got a wicked beard. If you got a wicked beard, you can be in there. <laughs> yeah, if you beard and wrinkles, you, you, you're game. You're into <laughs> the Olderverse is what you can call it. <laughs> You get like the old Peter Parker from like Last Stand. Oh yeah, there you go. And again, it's just it's just all the old superheroes sitting on their porch telling kids to get off their lawns. <laughs> to be a fun universe, and you can get an actual old man comic writer to write it, like Jerry Conway. He's still really good and still writing comics, and is himself. Yeah, or Marv Wolfman. <laughs> or Marv Wolfman again. It can be a two-piece. You can get every issue written by a different old man comic writer who's still around. Chris Claremont still fucking has it to this day. <laughs> Writes like a young man. That Magneto X-Men Black he did was wonderful. That guy has not lost a step. But yeah, so that's that story, everyone. If you like your Guardians of the Galaxy, if you like old men, you'll like this. Yeah. Sounds I, pretty cool. I, I know that sounds niche. Ooh, likes Guardians of the Galaxy and likes Old Man? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Chris Pratt is really happy. He's like, oh, good, I can play this role well into my old age, is what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> I can come back and I can Logan this up years later. <laughs> is what I can do. But, uh, yeah, that was the news, everyone. You know, fairly, fairly interesting week. Yeah, yeah. I was happy that the comic selection was actually manageable this week because it means I can actually catch up on stuff from being away. Yeah, I, I had like a big backlog, so like having only like a couple of issues uh, of comics from this week was was really manageable and really helped me catch up on those those leftover comics. It was nice, and it meant we could spend more time with Red Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy with that. Uh, but yes, uh, normally this is where we talk about the comics of the week, but I thought it might be nice if we could talk about Daredevil now that Matt and I have had a chance to see it. Yeah. Uh, initial thoughts? Really goddamn solid. Maybe the best paced, best put together of the Daredevil seasons. I mean, I think I think it's the best Daredevil season by far. Yeah, it's... It's either just a little bit better or rival season one. Yeah, it's it's really and, and it harkens back a lot to season one too. Well, yeah, it was because the villains are pretty similar with Kingpin and coming back and wearing yeah. the black costume again, which I thought I'd complain more about because I'm like, oh god, you know, he finally got a costume and now here we are back in the black suit. Oh wait, uh, Kingpin stole it and is trying to frame. Okay, this this actually makes more sense. Okay, this fits. Yeah. 
Also, yeah. he, he customizes it, too, with the Muay Thai ropes and everything, and the fact that he's literally just wearing priest vestments around his head. Mm. That, I thought, was a nice touch. Yeah. Uh, we get, uh, basically, you know, this this carries on from Defenders. Matt had a whole building dropped on him, and he has to pretty much put himself mm. back together. Yeah, he's, he gets uh, rescued by uh, a nun and it, it goes to the con. He gets really, or he gets rescued by some nuns who bring him to um, that priest that he knows, Father and um, yeah, and then they sort of nurse him back to health, and he's got to, he's basically got to learn all his abilities again. Yeah, it's it's kind of taking it back to square one. He's got basically tinnitus. He's got a ringing in his ears, which means he's deaf, and if he's deaf, he can't see. And because he can't see, he's basically feeling like an actual blind guy for the first time in his life. Yeah. The the, the thing, like, with the tinnitus, I thought that was really cool, but I didn't like how they got rid of it, where it's just like, oh, well, you do, do the whole, uh, like, kettle in the nose sort of thing, and then that suddenly, like, it just clears it up immediately. I'm like, I was kind of hoping he'd go through, like, a bit of more of the season with, like, a little bit of a ringing in his ears, right. sort of to mirror, to mirror what... um uh agent poindexter has oh yeah i didn't think about that it it was ultimately a pretty easy fix but then you got to figure he was getting taken care of by nuns not doctors like maybe a doctor could have told him that right away <laughs> that's, that's true but yeah it was just kind of like a like a big coincidence like he found like the little little kettle thing under the sink and just decided to use it and oh he's all better I mean, I guess it makes sense where it's like, yeah, you got a building dropped on you. Of course, you have a ton of blood clots all over you. Go to a hospital, <laughs> you maniac. You could only <laughs> meditate it away so much. Yeah, it's a shame Claire wasn't around. Yeah, I know, right? I kept waiting for that moment, too. I'm like, yeah, why doesn't he call Claire? Oh, he doesn't want to call anyone. That I appreciated, too, that Matt's whole journey is like, no, Matt Murdock is dead. Matt Murdock, you know, failed. He got my friends hurt and everything i need to be daredevil 24 7 i'm like all mm -hmm. right that's a good explanation as to why he doesn't call the other defenders for help yeah yeah he wants yeah he wants to separate himself from everyone as well as like protecting them he's like saying get yeah, no that's the weakest side of me i don't need that anymore we are we are at peak frank miller born again <laughs> mopiness hanging out on gargoyles and i'm like all right you know there's there's a long-standing history of this for daredevil i like this and, uh, and the 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 best thing as well, it doesn't come off as edgy or gritty no. or anything. Like no, it it's really done, doesn't. it's done very well. Credit to Charlie Cox. I gotta say, this is the first season where another character I don't think came in and totally overshadowed him, like Kingpin did in season one, and like Punisher did in season two. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, almost, it almost happened, it almost happened, almost. but it didn't. It was very close, but again, this was the Charlie Cox show, he gets a lot of really meaty scenes, uh, especially with Sister Maggie, who of course, if you're a comic reader, you know way before they reveal it in the show, and that's, ah, that's your mom. Yeah, I, th I thought that was pretty cool. I liked it, I like they keep the postpartum depression thing that Wade only wrote a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Because mm -hmm. up until then, they never really had much of a reason as to why she abandoned her family. She just kind of did it. I also yeah. like that the show actually wrote a pretty good version of how Daredevil's parents met. Because I'm pretty sure they never answered that question in the comics. How a nun met a boxer and everything. Yeah. So I like how they did that. Yeah, that, I, I enjoyed that too. I wasn't too familiar with it. But yeah, I enjoyed like seeing that. 
There's a, there's a lot of stuff about the Murdoch's family life that was unwritten. And I'm like, you know what? You wrote a pretty good version of this. Because my, my assumption was, you know, she was just a normal lady but then ran away and joined the convent. So I like yeah. this of being like, oh, she was always planning to be a nun and then met Matt's dad and then all that other stuff happened. We actually get to see Matt's dad again via ghost form. We get a couple ghosts. <laughs> yeah, he appears in ghost form. As, oh, you're bad. Yeah. Stop being bad. <laughs> Shut up, ghost dad. <laughs> Stop making me feel things. <laughs> and I like he gets into fights with ghost dad, but like ghost dad even gets him a couple times like, mm, all right, you got me, ghost. you got me ghost conscience, dad. <laughs> uh, Foggy gets a really meaty role uh, this season to him trying to, you know, fight uh, Wilson Fisk from the other side of things, his journey to become district attorney. I like skinny Foggy. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, isn't it? He, he he was great like like his his little character arc between like season two of Daredevil Defenders Luke Cage and then this yeah. is is like really cool I really liked it it's nice I, I like his realization too where it's like you know he moves in with the woman who always wanted him to go out his own, go out on his own and be a better lawyer and make more money which he does. And yes, he is a better lawyer without Matt, but he's not as happy with Matt, though. No, that, that's what I like when they when they get back together as uh, Nelson and Murdoch. I, I like that. I, I thought that was pretty cool. I'm like, I'm glad that he just straight up comes out and says. I also like uh, Matt's uh, evolution too, where I feel like uh, the writers were listening to what fans are saying, and that is like, wow, Matt's a massive dick to his friends in season one, two, and Defenders. He should really apologize, and he apologizes by the end. Yeah, yeah, he kind of realizes that he has been a big dick. Yeah, I, I like <laughs> it. Just took him long enough. That's like, yeah, it took you three seasons of television, but I'm glad you finally came around to do it. Uh, <laughs> Karen, of course, gets, you know, a, a, a major focus in this season. And in fact, I my whole reasoning, I thought, oh, oh, they really got to focus on her this season because Bullseye is going to kill her like he did in the comics. Didn't happen. They swerve you. They kill the priest yeah. instead. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, the, all the trailers and everything made it look like he, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And even there was like some like stills that made it look like, oh, this is exactly the scene from the comic. Yeah. But yeah, it never happens. Nope, they swerve you for it. And actually, they kind of elevate Karen in a way in this season to where it's like, no, we're going to rebuild the law firm. It's going to be Nelson, Murdoch, and Paige. And I'm like, oh, oh, even comic Paige never got that much development. She existed to be the office girl, to be the girlfriend, and then died to make Daredevil feel bad. Oh, wow, you've actually evolved her. Like, if she stayed around in the comics, that's probably where she would be now. Yeah, that... They they made her interesting. They did. They made made it made her a bit more than just the um, uh, I guess damsel in distress. The the gal Friday hack. Uh, the flashback episode, which I I stand by it. The best Marvel Netflix shows have whole flashback episodes. She got the whole flashback episode this season about the life she lived, which is not as dark as the life she lived uh, later on in the Frank Miller comics. But again, they kind of fixed that up, too, to be like, no, she had a more relatable problem. It wasn't just, you know, doing coke with Spanish drug lords and selling out Matt's identity. Although she kind of does that, too, so you kind of have the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a, lot, a lot more like, yeah, as you said, relatable. Yeah, where it's like, yeah, I can see where she's coming from here in a crappy dead-end town having to decide, you know, supporting her father and brother or going away to college and, you know, a dead mother and a lot of stuff unsaid. I'm like, all right, you know, this this is relatable. This is some interesting stuff. And 
And they make sure to bring back the fact, oh, you killed James Wesley in season one and everyone kind of forgot. Yeah, I, I actually really like that like part where where she's like talking with um Kingpin about it and 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 like reveals that she was the one who did it and how she kind of had like control of Kingpin there for a little bit because yeah. of how like mad he was getting and everything. I thought that was pretty cool. I killed your only friend in the world and now I'm yeah. dicking you about it. <laughs> I'm like, shit, that's cold blood. I like that scene, too, because it was a nice little inverse of the scene from season two where Matt goes to visit Kingpin in prison and they almost have a fight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of prison, too, the ten minute long single shot hallway fight scene. That was so cool. It was just a big prison escape. That was Loved so it. good. It's it's like the writers of the show heard all the all like the complaints and all the opining of being like, oh, you know, these Netflix uh, shows sure do love uh, hallway fight scenes, don't they? To where the writers are like, oh, oh, we like hallway fights. We're gonna record <laughs> the greatest hallway fight scene in history. It's gonna be ten minutes, almost uncut. And we're gonna build an entire episode around. <laughs> what if, what if, what if the the hallway was an entire prison filled with the murderous scumbags who want to kill this lawyer yeah, and crooked riot cuts? Which again, that's uh, that scene too is uh, like an extension and built upon from Devil in Cell Block D. So that's like a fight that's actually had in the comics. I'm like, oh, cool, they're building on it and they're hearkening to it. I like that. Not only that, they had to handicap Matt as well. They yes. they drugged him up and he did the whole thing while he was like half drugged. That was a really really solid scene. Hey, did you know that uh, what is it? Charlie Cox apparently did more of his stunts in this season than in the first. It two? looked like that because a lot of them were you could see his face in them and, and everything. They they weren't like trying to hide it. Like 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 when he's in the costume, you can kind of tell when it's a stunt double. Um, but yeah, in that in that fight scene, you could tell in the. Uh, in the prison scene, you could tell he was doing a lot of it. There were a couple of cuts there where it was obviously a, a stunt double, but yeah, a lot of his were his own stunts, which is really cool. Really impressed. The dude went yeah. for it. The dude owns the role of Daredevil, and I. it's cool to see him go to those lengths to really try and make it happen. Yeah. Uh, obviously, of course, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin just owns... His, his plot in here is straight-up comic books. I'm going to turn the entire FBI with dirt that I have on them from my secret spy room in my hotel lair. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm going to turn... I love that spy room is behind the bookcase. And, yeah. and then there's just, like, some random hacker girl in there yeah. who is probably his prisoner yes, i don't know <laughs> that's what they seek to imply that she was like chained to a radiator or something for me what got me about that scene is i had total flashbacks to like 90s spider-man I'm like oh she's his alistair Smythe is what she is she just doesn't have a floating wheelchair <laughs> she's totally alistair Smythe. she's working on the spider slayers in the background <laughs> but yeah friggin friggin secret secret spy room behind the bookcase what a what a fucking comic book <laughs> yeah oh, it's so good so good uh, but yeah I, I like his his he's like control over the fbi and we got that that um that fbi agent ray who Nadine. Uh, his story was actually like at first i was like oh here we go another side plot and but then like i'm like holy crap this is so good he ended up being the best cop in any of these netflix series yeah and it and it's shocking too because they they introduce him kind of clumsily because it's like ooh daredevil stuff ooh kingpin stuff everything 
and then you're just watching this guy have dinner with his family. And I'm like, did did I click the wrong show? What the fuck am I watching? Yeah, I, I was like, how is this going to tie back in? What the hell is this? And then I'm like, oh, he's an FBI agent. Oh, he's part of this force that's controlled by Kingpin, but he's not. And yeah, it was pretty cool. And, and, and the horrible realization you get later of like, oh, oh, they played him literally every step of the way. Yeah, yeah. Didn't promote him, let him think he was getting the best of Kingpin, let him think he was getting the best of his bosses. <laughs> Only for him not to be, man, friggin', friggin' justice for Nadim, man. That guy got fucked for 13 episodes. <laughs> oh, every which way possible. He really, really did. And then it's like, oh, how could this even get worse? Oh, your partner, the guy who saved your life, is also Bullseye. Yeah, yeah. I, I I actually like they went like that route with Bullseye and didn't make him just like a mysterious assassin. It was it was a very interesting take. I know we talked about this a little two weeks ago, that they incorporate really so much of Bullseye from the comics. His background as a baseball player, his background as an agent, his weird super spine that they imply he gets at the end of this. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't say they didn't do their homework. It might not be the version you want. It might not be the version you envision. But they put work in on this, and I think the actor does a really good job making him slimy and creepy. And it's the little things he does, like when he's driving with the corpse at the end or when he takes the stage in full costume. Yeah, yeah, well, like, yeah, whenever he's in, in the Daredevil costume, he's just, it's so creepy. And the fact that he could shoot people, but he, like, chooses to pick up cutlery and, like, little pieces from the chandelier yeah. and throw them. Oh, that that fight at the um at the newspaper office was so cool. He's, like, throwing staplers and shit at, at, at Matt. I thought that was pretty cool. I, now, that's comic bullseye. The I-can-turn-anything-I-find-into-a-deadly-weapon. Yeah, and he surely does. Yeah, he surely, surely does. I, I was, kind, I was also, I was kind of worried because I was like, oh, are they going to do that? Or are they going to just make him like, oh, he's a really good shot? Yeah. yeah, they didn't. They didn't just make him dead shot. Yeah. I, uh, I was waiting for the moment too. Once he realized that Kingpin had screwed him over, I'm like, oh, oh, this is the moment he pulls out like the duct tape and the spray paint, and he, you know, customizes the Daredevil costume into the bullseye suit. He doesn't do it, but I feel if, if God willing, we get a season four, that's something they could do. Yeah, I, I feel like they. Yeah, I, I, I thought they were gonna like. Yeah, he was gonna be the Daredevil and like frame Daredevil and then he's gonna suddenly like when he when he actually snaps at the end of the show he's gonna like change the costume and it's gonna be like like a black yeah. blackish blue sort of look to it like he has in the comics with, with a big white bullseye on it yeah he's gonna rip the horns off or something or it's something put like a big that. bullseye or something on the head or something yeah they, they could have done that but it was still fun i i like that the final battle in this is a three-way fight in a hotel suite between daredevil bullseye and kingpin <laughs> yeah no one knows who to fight yeah, who, who, who wronged me more <laughs> And it's freaking brutal, too. I, I like Kingpin is the one who ultimately dispatches Bullseye, the monster he created by free. He basically does a wrestling move to him. He basically <laughs> freaking, you know, rams him into a wall and breaks his spine. Yeah. Man, Vincent D'Onofrio in this season is oh, yeah. so good. And again, you know, they make the Kingpin feel so human, too, even though he's so alien and so weird. The scene that I think is, like, his big for-your-consideration, you know, uh, Oscar Emmys, whatever you want to call it, is when he's trying to get the painting back from that woman who's a Holocaust survivor. Mm -hmm. 
And, like, even though he's a bad guy, even though he's a selfish scumbag and he's manipulated everything, you can see the wheels turning in his head and being like, oh, I feel bad for you? I shouldn't kill you. Okay, I'll go now. Bye. Yeah, and then he gets, like, a little mad later on when he finds out that uh, Bullseye went and got the painting and obviously killed that woman for it. Yeah, he's like, god damn it, you weren't supposed to do I I had a thing. I, I grew a little as a person. Yeah, and, and that, that's like another thing. Like Bullseye thinks he's 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 become the new Wesley, yeah, I'm, I'm when really son, he hasn't hasn't at all. <laughs> I'm your friend, right? I'm your son, right? Nah, you're a fucking weirdo. <laughs> which which again is an interesting kind of like twist on the Kingpin Bullseye relationship. I know I I know I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, where it's like to me, Bullseye always went back to Fist because Fist always had money. And then as Bullseye became more obsessed with Daredevil, they, you know, the the enemy of my enemy is my friend type thing. I like this kind of, oh, I see you as a father figure type thing, and that's why I keep coming back to you. I thought that was an interesting twist on it. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Vanessa, too, she's only in two episodes, but I think she's really good in the two episodes because they remember the whole Lady Macbeth angle of like, oh, Fisk is bad, but Vanessa actually makes him worse. Mm Mm-hmm. Because Fisk is like, ah, yes, we have to, we have to discredit Agent Nadim. We have to make sure he has, to, he goes to jail. We got to make sure we got to do this, that, and the other. And Vanessa's like, kill him. You should kill him. <laughs> and Kingpin's like, okay. I mean, she said, I, I guess we should kill him now. I guess it's my idea now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, I did like how like his whole that uh, Kingpin's like sort of whole thing this season wasn't you know i've got to take over the the city and everything i, I just want to get my woman back <laughs> yeah, i want my wife back i want my art i want all this other stuff but yeah it was it, it, it's very netflix it's very street level it's very it's it, it's very frank miller is what it is it's people being very a- angry and very violent over very small amounts of money <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, I, I like to, again, you know, we talk about little connective tissues. The Italian mobster lady in this was the Italian mobster lady from Luke Cage. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course, begs the question, shouldn't the Kingpin of Harlem been invited to this thing? Which is, look, shut up. That, 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 that's, uh, well, I think I, said, I think I said it when we were talking about the ending of Luke Cage, where I'm like, oh, uh, since we know knew Kingpin was coming back, I hope we get like a... I guess like a turf war sort of thing going with Luke Cage again, where where like Kingpin moves in on his territory or something, or like Matt teams up with Luke or something to defeat him. That, that never happens. That should have been an episode. That should have been like Fist sends his guys to collect the Kingpin of Harlem. They find out it's Luke Cage, and they're like, "Okay, we will leave you to <laughs> yeah. the end. Bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Harlem is off limits." <laughs> Like, that would be his thing where it's like, oh, hey, uh, he sent the guys back and they're in body casts and everything. (laughs) Uh, Yes, he said, stay the fuck out of Harlem. But again, that would have been that would have been too good, and that would have led into the third season of Luke Cage, and never would have happened that maybe (laughs) Luke was going to the dark side. And speaking of the dark side, uh, I like about this season is that Matt so early on is like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill Kingpin. He goes the whole season thinking he's going to kill Kingpin only for him to not do it because he knows it's wrong and everything. I think this show gets what so many movie writers get wrong about heroes and killing where they're like, oh, wouldn't it be so cool if this hero who didn't kill 
killed? Wouldn't that be really unexpected and really out there? Yeah, but where do you go with it, though, once you do it? You can't you can't unstick it once you've stuck it. I like this show. It's like, no, we can play with the idea of a hero wanting to murder, you know, wanting to go that extra mile. But, then, but when it comes down to it, <laughs> he won't. But not doing it and understanding right and wrong. I think I thought that was so well handled. In fact, literally, literally, he punches Fisk, and then it's like he's gonna break his neck, and then he's like, "No, no, who am I, Henry Cavill? No, I won't do that." <laughs> I I also like in that like he realized that like he 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 really did kill the kingpin because he beat him, yeah. and that and and he realized that that was more painful to kingpin than actually killing him which which is classic daredevil storytelling miller did that bendis did that huge even that scene of where it's like you know what we're gonna do now wilson you and i are gonna live in a constant state of mutually assured destruction you you know (laughs) who i am i know who you are we know how to hurt each other let's let's just give each other a wide breath from here on out Which, again, such classic Daredevil. Again, that's the core of so many great Daredevil stories. That even, you know, even if it's like, oh, well, they didn't get this aspect, right? Or, oh, I didn't get this costume that I wanted. I think it's for staying so true thematically and ideologically to the Daredevil stories from the comics. I think that's why Mm -hmm. this season is so strong. Yeah, yeah. It's the moments like that where it's like that that evokes the feeling I had from, you know, reading Born Again and The Golden Age and Murdoch Papers and all those other stories I liked. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh I I mean what what else can we really say about this season that we haven't said? I don't know. It's such a really great season and it, again like as we talked about at the top of the show like it boggles my mind that not a lot of people were watching it because it was so damn good you you, you missed out you missed out on this and you apparently missed out on luke cage season two too because it was wonderful yeah and both of them also they they had the cut down number of episodes didn't they i did did this one i'm pretty sure it did oh okay then cool this was this yeah but the thing is, it didn't feel like it. No, like no episode was a padding. I guess kind of maybe the Karen episode was padding a little bit, the, but the Karen, really wasn't. The Karen one was a fake out because they really want you to think Karen is gonna die. Where it's like, and now let's give yeah. you her origin so you feel extra bad. And here's the moment. <laughs> ah, but we tricked you. <laughs> is what we did. But uh, yeah, I mean, just really really well done really solid for everyone it's it's a shame that 57 percent of people didn't come back from season one and two and it looks like this might be the last one so you better have enjoyed it yeah that 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 sucks because i I would like to have seen where do we go from here what happens now i think there's so many places they could have gone from this obviously they could have reestablished. let's let's pitch that let's pitch our potential season four as we would have liked to have seen uh they 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 rebuild their law practice which is Mm -hmm. obvious so you know maybe we could get some fun like case of the weeks in there yeah i i after all these, see, I, I I would like to them to go in a more traditional story like that, where where it's like we've had all these big kingpin punishers sort of. Now we're just doing case of the week stuff, and maybe there's like a slight overarching of the of the story or something. That that would be the B plot where it's like, wait, all of these cases we've been doing, they seem to have something in common and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That would be nice. Uh... Who's, who's a villain you could do? Uh, ooh, I would like to see Gladiator maybe finally become Gladiator. Like, he gets put out of jail, 
but he's really upset at Matt Murdock for basically serving him up to the cops, so he builds a gladiator supervillain suit to fight him with, with the thing that shoots razor blades and everything. That would be cool. I like the little fight they had in this season and how Gladiator was kind of wearing his costume because his T-shirt had, like, the, the same pattern as... Uh, as the, um, I, I would really like... Well, I'd, I'd really like Bullseye to come back, but I'd like Bullseye to come back with Typhoid Mary. Ooh, that'd be fun. Because I really liked Typhoid Mary in, in Iron Fist. I thought she, she was, was a really great character. She was one of the best parts of Season 2, and Typhoid Mary is traditionally a Daredevil villain, not an Iron Fist villain. Mm -hmm. and maybe they like team up or something yeah i i I would like to see him like like season four like really build the rogues gallery with like villains where it's like really that guy's a villain too like like leapfrog like (laughs) stilt man yeah chirk barrett finally becomes stilt man is what he becomes (laughs) he gets the suit he gets sick of being beaten up by Daredevil and all these other characters. <laughs> you have a master planner villain who is ultimately revealed to be Bullseye or Typhoid Mary is going around and funding like criminals who have a grudge against Daredevil or Matt Murdock. So they fund Gladiator to build a new suit and they like go to like a diamond thief and be like, oh, here's a green onesie. You're the leapfrog now. <laughs> And just a bunch of crazy villains like that. And, ooh, there's there's a guy, like, doing drive-bys on, like, a motocross motorcycle. Oh, this guy's a real stunt master, is what he is. And just every episode be, like, a, a be, be, like totally Power Rangers. Like, have a villain of the week, and it's, like, trying to break down, like, who's, who's funding all these people? Who's doing this shit? <laughs> that would be fun. And then be like, ooh, I'm Leland Owlsley Jr. I'm the owl son from season one. You killed my father probably or something. And now I'm using my money to get back at you by funding all these crazy assholes. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I'd, the, the really cool, uh, what I would really like is if they like, if for some reason this show gets put on like the Disney app and it's more in, integrated into the, uh, the larger MCU, I'd like to see like, like Black Widow appear. That would be again many great Daredevil stories has Black Widow in it. In fact, uh, for a long time, I'm sure people just thought Black Widow was a supporting character in Daredevil. Yeah, or or like I'd like to see like maybe, uh, like 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 maybe like a Spider Man show up or something. Like, like both of them team up or something. That would be very, very fun. Again, I think there's a really stellar, like, gang war storyline they could do where it's like, oh, you know, the gangs from Queens are going to war with the gangs of Hell's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. And so they get pulled into it. And again, I, I, I really want Tombstone in one of these goddamn things. Can Tombstone be a villain in one of these? <laughs> I, 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 Literally, my pitch for Tombstone was to be the villain of Luke Cage Season 2 and give him the story that uh, Bushwhacker had. Like, literally, that was going to be the thing. You know what you do with Tombstone, right? For for Daredevil, you okay? So like, Dogs of Hell and all that have been wiped out. Mm-hmm. You you get you make Tombstone like he is in the Spider Man video oh, game, where he's biker. like a biker, and he he's like the new biker gang in town who's taken over from all of these like the ones the Punisher uh, got rid of. So yeah, and then he becomes like a villain for for Daredevil. It's it's hard to be a gangster in New York right now. You had all the original <laughs> gang lords wiped out in Defenders and wiped out. Uh, the, the triad got decimated in Iron Fist Season 2. You had all these new gang lords in this one who have also been decimated either by Fisk or they died at the party. We don't know. <laughs> it's hard being a gangster. That's 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 why we also need the Magia is what we need. We need, like, friggin' Madame Mask or someone. They, 
they're 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 on um oh, who's someone was like they were like working out the crime families and magia was was noted as one of the crime families it, it had i can't remember whose name was under it but yeah they they are in that world but yeah they do need to be brought in we need like Silverman or something to be like, hey, you know what? The Kingpin, his vendettas with superheroes have caught us way too much or cost us way too much money. We need to go back to how things used to be. We need to like do crime as it was, you know, in suits and everything. <laughs> oh, you know what would be really, really cool and like so different? Like it's not set in New York anymore. It's set in like Madripoor. Oh, he needs to take a road trip to Madripoor. Yeah, and and then he tangles with like all the, all the, like the criminal elements there and everything like like maybe Viper or something or, you know, so, some maybe maybe like the hand like some like little sect of the hand there or something. That would be cool. That would be really cool. And then and then, and then you and you make it like a like a big like like a Hong Kong karate movie. Ooh, I like that. I like it. There's lots of places yeah. they could take Daredevil. Yeah. I just hope that like he, I hope that he gets a season four. Or it gets put on that the the Disney app or something. Something happens with him because wasting this cast, especially yeah. Charlie Cox, is no. You can't do that. It would you can't it would, do it that. It would be a crying shame. It really, yeah. really would be. Plus, yeah. Plus, I mean, we just need to see the kingpin tangle with Spider Man like an Ultimate yeah. Spider Man. Yeah, oh, that'd be so cool. We need to see Vincent D'Onofrio. Just you know, throwing around Tom Holland. Yeah, we just need to pick him up over his head and throw him against <laughs> shit. That's what we need to see. We need an adult man in a white suit beating up a small child. <laughs> Make all our dreams come true. Oh, that'd be great. is being cute about it on Twitter where they're like, oh, you know, I'm sad we'll never get to see Kingpin fight Spider-Man, to which D'Onofrio's like, who says? Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, he, he's a big guy as well, so like, he could just like walk in and say, "I'm going to be in the next Spider-Man." They'd have to be okay. okay. <laughs> and then you get him to hire the Enforcers, Ox, Fancy Dan, and everything else, so you can have that reference in there as well. <laughs> Which that's fun too, because again, this Tom Holland guy—he fought one super burglar, and then he fought some aliens. I like the idea of him fighting like some real organized crime dudes. Mm. and him being like whoa this shit got real real too quick for me <laughs> yeah so real they're killing people yeah. jesus christ which again that's the scene in ultimate spider-man where the kingpin's like look i'm not gonna shoot you with a ray gun i'm not gonna do anything else i'm gonna kill your family i'm gonna kill everyone you go to school with. i'm gonna kill everyone <laughs> you've crossed on the street just because i can and you're fucking <laughs> with me and my money <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was that was Daredevil season three. Everyone really, really solid stuff. It's a, it's a shame not more people saw it. Apparently, yeah. It, it, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It is totally worth it. And Absolutely guess, worth it. And I guess Matt and I will be back again to do this for Jessica Jones and probably The Punisher, and then maybe nothing else. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, I really hope they don't cancel like Punisher and Jessica Jones. Those shows are really good. They really are, especially Jessica Jones. As I've said before, I think is the most unique in terms of voice for these shows. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. if you, like if you twisted my arm, I would say it might be my favorite. Even though I think season two kind of lost its way near the end. Yeah, a little bit. Because by the end, it's like, oh, so our driving force and drama was never actually there to begin with, and our villains weren't really villains. 
<laughs> so nothing was ever really at stake. And also, uh, what is it? The best friend needed to go crazy too, <laughs> for seemingly no reason. And uh, we'll talk about that next season. <laughs> type of type of hand wave. Oh God! Also, it just hits me too. Matt sees the ghosts of Kingpin. Sees the ghosts of his father. Jessica Jones sees the ghosts of uh, uh, what is it? Uh, or a uh, purple man? A purple man. So it's like, goddamn! Does everyone in this show see ghosts? Everyone in this universe? Yes. Except Frank, he doesn't get to see the ghosts of his families. No. <laughs> oh, that's sad. He'd like to though, but he can't. Is <laughs> everyone else gets to see ghosts, but me? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I guess that's the show for this week, everyone. It wasn't as long as I thought, but you know, it's quality, not quantity. Yep. Covered lots of different topics, had a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you got anything interesting coming out, Matt, in the next little bit you want to talk about, you want to hype up? Uh, well, I'm, I'm just catching up on my comic reviews, but I, I am, I've got like a bunch of topic review, uh, topic videos and specialty videos that I've got like just waiting for me to get to. Likewise. I, people keep saying bring back secret identity. I had one on a Wonder Woman character, but then they kept changing the, uh, the time frame for the release of that movie. <laughs> did did you see those fake uh those fake screens they had of potential like lineups for uh DC movies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A Aquaman King Dead. <laughs> I say you he dead or or Batman the Daddiest. <laughs> I'm like, man, I think you just need to make those movies now. Yeah, then Wonder Woman 2046. <laughs> wait, wait, so she goes further into the future? How does that work? <laughs> I just, I just want to see Aquaman, the king dead. <laughs> king dead. I, I say you, he dead. I say you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, everyone. I think on that note, we can start bringing this one to a close. Of course, uh, if you're a patron, you'll get to listen to this first before anyone else for as little as a dollar a month. It really helps out me and Matt keeps the show afloat over on SoundCloud, uh, where the show is actually put up on uh, Thursdays. For those who would like a audio version to download and carry around with them, that's SoundCloud and iTunes. People seem to enjoy that. And obviously the video version goes out today that you're probably watching this, which is Wednesday at 8 a.m. So, you know. Yeah, patrons get that first as well. They do. They also get a video version. So, yeah, that's basically it, everyone. Thank you so much for watching. I'm glad to be back. It felt weird skipping a week because I was away. It did. Felt like really long. It did. It did feel incredibly long. And then all day today, I'm like, oh, I have nothing to do today. I'm like, oh, no, wait, shit, it's Sunday. <laughs> I got a show to do. I got to stop playing Red Dead for a minute. So, uh, yeah, thank you, everyone, for showing up and watching and listening. We hope you liked the show, and we'll be back again. Same comic multiverse time, same comic multiverse place. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Stopping. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, do I need to remux that? I think I do.